0: This is a crowd podcast.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Daniel Blue22 Blue22 Set HUT. To be more like Daniel, go to patreon.com, search for the Joe Marler Show, and become an official sponsor today. Mm-hmm.
2: Joe Marler is a big hearted man, and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop looking at it. Joe, you need to describe what we're looking at here on our app. I can see producer Leo. I can see you and I can see Razzy Cole wearing something spectacular. Razzy Cole has joined us and he has got,
0: it must be, it must be like a, I didn't know they could do it in hats, but it must be like a 4XL hat because I've never seen, in fact, the last time I saw you in a hat, Coley was Denver 2015, Me, you, and Younger all went looking, all went shopping in that American football shop, like proper uh, travellers. No, not travellers.
2: Don't go down that route again. No, we weren't travellers.
0: What were we? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, what are they called that go to other countries? Um, Tourists. Like, proper tourists. That's what I meant. (laughs) And we went to that uh, American football Denver Broncos shop, and I love a hat mainly to hide my. Receding hairline. In fact, it's not receding hairline anymore. It's like a uh, the thinnest thatch you'll ever come across now. But I'm clinging on for dear life. And it was the first time I'd actually seen a hat yeah. fit your it, head. I've still got those hats. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was the size of one. It was the size of one of those
1: mixing bowls that you that you see in people's kitchens. But it was just a flat cap. Wasn't it? it was just a cap. But yeah, it was. I found two that actually fit my head because normally they sit like there were embarrassing ones like when you play for England, you know, you get your cap for England and stuff, and everyone puts them on. And mine just, honest to God, mine just literally uh, sat. Yeah. like <laughs> the velvet one, like ones. a prayer cap, and you're like, I look ridiculous. I wear it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember actually. I was, a, I think, I had to do a BBC article with uh, you, Tom. Oh, I'll take a photo with it. I'm like, no, I'll just hold it here. Thanks. (laughs) I'll hold it in front. Put it on your head. No, like it's so yeah. But no, I I finally I found like two hats in my life that well three now that perfectly fit my head. So I I wear them. Yeah, sorry,
0: we didn't actually do do a very good description job of it. It's a lovely. What what would we call it? Purple.
1: It's stretched that far. It's the Omarle show, but um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) the hats
2: that we refer to, Joe are now, excitingly, available to all listeners of The Joe Marler Show.
0: Yeah, but what? Just the listeners? Or can people that
2: don't listen to the show also
0: purchase the hats, Tom?
2: It's a very good point, Joe. I think anyone who were to visit joemarla.co.uk forward slash shop will be able to get not only one of these delightful bubble hats, but also some of the signed prints that you have been signing. These prints are, how would you describe them, apart from beautiful? Signed? And what's what's the image in the print? Ah, yes. You
0: want a little bit more? There's two. There's two prints here. We have got one print which is more rugby specific of me actually catching a ball, which is rare, and then also running with high knee lift, which is also untrue. So it's actually a fake picture <laughs> of me in a Harlequins rugby kit um, with my chateau. Dan's actually Dan Taylor, the artist, has made my hair thicker than it is, which is wonderful. Good lad. And he's very cleverly, I don't know whether he's, on my smile, whether he's put my teeth as an England flag or just made it more apparent that my teeth are just falling out and I've got really bad teeth with loads of gaps. (laughs) Um, So there's, there's print one. And print two is also done by Dan Taylor. He's an unbelievable artist who's been helping us out for the last, well, since the show started, to be fair. And he's done like a... An amalgamation, a collection, a... What's another word for stuff like that?
2: You're the word guy. I'm so blown away by you saying amalgamation. You haven't even said it. <laughs> it's amalgamation. Amalgamation. It's, there are references there, Joe, from many of the shows that we've done over the past year and a bit. Characters, jokes, items, facts, all rendered in cartoon form. It's just great. It's
0: still... Uh... Slightly is surreal the word? No, maybe it's not. It's still a little bit embarrassing for me. No, it's surreal. Yeah, it's weird that this guy's actually managed to do some really cool prints of our show, which is lovely. So, if you fancy buying one, go and fucking buy them, or or don't. It's honestly, it doesn't make a single jot of difference to us. Everything's a choice, Joe. There is always a choice, you motherfucker. Stop using my
1: stop using my saying. What are, the, what are your three? Everything's a choice. Nothing's neutral. What's the other one? No, is nothing's you know? neutral. It's not mine. That's Steve's. It is. No, you said that was one of the three you live by.
2: No. Uh
1: oh, you've changed. If it. in doubt, eat it. Is that one no, of
0: them? No. No. Uh, fuck, what are they? There's always a choice. Yeah, I think I've reduced it to just one now. <laughs> because of my experiences and, you know, everything you go through and peace and love, man, I've I've made my life simpler. And it's just, there's always a choice now.
2: Is that fair? It is fair. And if someone made the choice to buy something, the address, once again, Joe, would be uk forward slash
0: shop. Right. Anyway, can we, uh, can we just like, Dan, aka Rezzy, how are you?
1: Very well, thank you. How how are you? How's um your situation? My situation? Yeah. The COVID Jovid, how's the Jovid COVID? Marla? How are um, you? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, thank you. Very good.
0: Have you experienced the COVID yourself? No, I haven't. No. Oh fucking hell! How have you escaped it?
1: Because I live in isolation. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: <laughs> as most polar bears do. Correct. Um, by the way, Joe, we've we've gone a long way since since Razi's question about how your Jovid is, because your Instagram has been full of you eating increasingly unpleasant foodstuffs. With no obvious ill effects, certainly the top end. So you've done an onion, you've done a chili. Um, any issues as those made their way through the Joe system? It's not pleasant. I don't want to go too much details. But is it ever? It's
0: not pleasant. You've also got the, f- <laughs> the onion's ever? got
2: nothing to do with it. Neither is the chili. <laughs> yeah, out of everyone
0: right. on here, <laughs> out of everyone on here, out uh, of everyone on here, Dan, you are the most well versed in my comings and goings so you're the only one that can say if it's any sometimes it's all right in it sometimes it's quite pleasant
2: pleasant's the wrong word tolerable what sort of time span if you two are rooming together what sort of time span when joe's going in to perform his morning ablutions dan what sort of time span would you be looking at a for him to leave the bathroom and b before you would consider it safe
1: for you to go into the bathroom. Well, he normally goes in about 5am, and it's probably for about 20 minutes, Um, and then I leave it for probably an hour. Um, An hour? Yeah. But New Zealand, I remember New Zealand, we'll go back to that, it was minutes he was in there for, if that, (laughs) after your Mega Mac. Ah, the Mega Mac did me, didn't
0: it? um anyway uh, you got th- you got to throw in a a jar of half a jar of uh gherkin juice just the juice as well that I di- that I didn't film. I just drank it I went oh I wonder if this tastes nice and I got it out the cupboard and I went like that and I went nothing you got get more juice nothing in your and cupboard. she went well yeah it's got gherkins in it as well Oh, right, okay you know like pickled gherkins
1: yeah I thought you might have like you know you get pickle juice to for anti cramp purposes. I thought you might be like, do you? Yeah. Do you not see people like have shots? What do you of, mean you get pickled? Ju- have you not seen it? People have like apparently sp- supposed to stop cramp. So like they have um, pickle juice and stuff like that in shots for people to take when they cramp. Oh. And you sometimes see. Is like, that
0: like legit? Does that, legit? that work?
1: Oh, apparently so. And there's like they've built on that. Like you see them in the NFL and stuff. They go with cramp and they give them like a shot of something and they're all like. Ugh. And that's that, but you'd be fine.
0: Trouble is, I don't think I actually ever work hard enough to cause cramp in my body, so that I, I'm actually fine with that. But she, Daisy, was livid, she went, You fucking idiot! and I went, What? She went, You've just drunk it out of the jar, can't eat the gherkins anymore. And I went, Yeah, that's fair, that's a fair comment. So I stopped eating stuff out the cupboard to practice my thing but i think tomorrow because it's still really like it's not even come back (gasps) see that's a that's a cup of piss (laughs) and i can't taste a single thing of it (laughs) so warm as well Joe,
2: just for future reference um the the, uh, in fact just to warn you the comment i'm about to make is it will make you hate me when you said pickled gherkin it's unnecessary to say pickled because a gherkin by definition is a pickled cucumber fuck off Let's move on. No
0: way. (laughs) Fair play.
2: That's a... No way. You don't see gherkins growing on the ground, do you? You don't go and buy a gherkin in the shop.
0: Yeah, I do. They're in a jar. Yeah,
2: once they've been pickled.
0: (laughs) Hang (laughs) on a minute.
2: So there's, there's no such thing as a gherkin? Well, there is, but it's a pickled cucumber. So why is it called a gherkin? I don't know. Is it shorter than pickled cucumber? I can't believe that. That's absolutely blown my mind. Uh, Right, that's enough Gherkin chat for now. Before we talk rugby, a little bit of bad news. Uh, A few weeks ago, we were talking about the fact that South Africa's director of rugby, Razzy Erasmus, followed just two people in the entire world on Twitter. Yako Johan, which may or may not be him, and you, Joe Mahler. We discussed this on the show. Bad news. Razzy has unfollowed you. (laughs) This is heartbreaking. That's a burn.
0: This is absolute fucking bollocks I'm meant to be like building rapports with people and this show just tears them down (laughs) fucking breaks my heart it was it was half pint actually I noticed this half pint messaged on on Twitter saying uh oh Razzie's left ya I was like fuck and then I went oh he must listen to the show you know he's a famous listener to the show and then it dawned on me that's not true either because it's this World Twelves tournament that used it. We used like a little fit, a clip from the show of me and actual Razzie, not Razzie Cole, Razzie teaming up for the World Twelves tournament that has been poo pooed, but is still somehow going. Talking about that World Twelves tournament, Dan, have you, would you be keen on that? Um,
1: yeah, marquee player, <laughs> brilliant. And the sort of attributes you'd be bringing. I'd be like when the game's when your team's further from in front and they need to slow the game down. (laughs) I'd be like the closer in uh, baseball. Bring me on. I'd just take the like, oh, take the knee. Every time there's like a break in play, I'll slow it down, see the game out. That's a high value position for anyone listening.
2: I think these are the sort of things that, that all the marketing guys behind the World 12s are looking for that's the sort of revolutionary approach to rugby union that they know is going to bring in more fans different fans people who've never watched the game before
0: And so that's that's why I think this Which is why I'm this,
1: cornering that part of the market
0: that's why I think they're also so keen to for me and Razzie Erasmus to get together as a coaching team but seeing as I can't do Razzie Erasmus maybe maybe we should actually form Darren Fatland and Razzie Cole's World 12s team then so to be fair,
1: I mean, I don't, want to, I don't want to knock the 12s, but... Sounds like you're like going to knock Rezi it. Erasmus, who was the other bloke that's involved? Okay, yeah, I am. Uh, who were the other guys that were basically touted as the coaches? There was him. Steve Hansen. Um, the former Springbok coach. Yeah. But like, Razzy Erasmus, I've seen the Springboks play. <laughs> Not the most exciting team in the They've world. They've been playing 12-man rugby as for a long with, time. With um, <laughs> along Jake White as well. He was involved. I was like... Right, you're gonna sell the game, you, by playing this rip roaring, <laughs> yeah, oh, kick and chase. Right, brilliant.
0: Not a fan, then.
1: Yeah, I've said it. You, yeah, it's, clearly, I'm gonna to have to look for another. I'm not a fan if they don't involve me. If they involve me, oh, I'm all over it. <laughs> but the likelihood of that is zero. I was just so about therefore- to
0: fucking involve you. We're we're coaching this team, and oh. it's gonna be called the Bricks. Right, edit that out. There. Um, as in the Bricks, sh- because yeah. they've got to be a team full of expert team a team full of experts in shit okay? Okay. Now, Dan, I've, I've made the team without you um, because we've only just formed okay. our coaching partnership at the minute. But any changes you want to make, yeah. just jump in. So these are these are shithousery experts, okay? It's not really done on their rugby playing ability. Although a lot of them are really good rugby players, but I think they're really good shithouses. Okay. Genji, number one. Yeah. Dane Coles number two. Yep. Sink number three. <laughs> Ebenezer Beth number four, and Brian Retallick at number five. <laughs> nice. Uh, number eight, Dwayne Vermulen. Number nine, one of the chief shit houses in the world, Fahter Clerk. Mm. Ten. Well, actually, this isn't one. Ten. I couldn't think of any shit house twer- uh, tens currently playing, so I just went with Marcus Smith because you need a bit of stardust, don't you? You know, and he'll just. You know How he
2: feels about being selected for the shit houses? We ain't got a fucking 12s. choice.
0: I'm paying him the the grade A. Oh god, no, I'm not paying him in drugs. I'm paying him like the top dollar bandwidth of the money that's allowed in that tournament. Uh, Eleven semi radradra because. He's a shithouse. Like, makes out he's this wonderful rugby player. He's a shit house. Like, he hits people late. He holds onto my ankle on the floor. He says nasty things to me. He's mean. 12. Andre Esterhazen. Just look at him. Uh, <laughs> 13. Oh, fuck. I've really messed this one up. Maybe I've just gone with size. I've put Manu at 13 and he's like the nicest guy there's not a single bit of shithousery about him and at number 15 I'm probably going to be my captain of the shithouse experts
1: Israel Falau. <laughs> nice Um, I was just thinking maybe you're like your mate Mike Brown might have made it that's a funny point but um, mainly for on field it's a very good point, but Izzy Falau, um
0: makes the team.
2: Hello, I'm Katie Puckrick. Haven't I seen you on Wikipedia? Because I'm there every day. I've got a new podcast called Dotcom, the documentary series about the people of the internet. And it starts with that one site we all use, Wikipedia. Yeah, sure. It's just a little website. Who are these people? But it's not. The faces behind the screen, the brains behind the words. If you'd said to me, it will all be free. This is a hidden world. A place
0: where people can come together and talk about the things that are important to them. And
2: it's fascinating. We've just found a way in the Wiki universe to do that. I mean, how could Wikipedia not
0: be corrupt at this point?
2: Search for .com and subscribe now. How? joe it is time to thank our lovely patreons the official sponsors of the joe marler show beginning with ian windy miller matt serena and venus williams he sounds like a college at oxford or cambridge it's tristan hall marcus aha partridge from the north to the south to the east to the west it's dave southworth daniel vanderbeers baker He rhymes with Alistair Boundy, it's Ollie Soundy. To be more like Ian, Matt, Tristan, Marcus, Dave, Daniel, and Ollie, go to patreon.com, search for Joe Marler Show, and grow the show. I think this is the point where we need to move on from our Imaginary World 12s team and talk about the games that took place this weekend. Dan, you uh, were at Twickenham. I saw a picture of you on social media with Chris Robshaw. Just briefly before we talk about the actual rugby, is Chris Robshaw the poshest man in the history of the world? Yes,
1: S-s-s-s-s-s-s-s- he's he's <laughs> up there. England plah England plah England plah England What's that <laughs> story? Come on, it, that actually, that
0: originates from a, a Quinn's away game. We played Bayonne away, I think, and then ended up getting or well, away or someone. Anyway, he was giving it the beer. He was like... He was shit faced.
1: He's completely ball You were training in a out. club, weren't you, or something
0: like that? Yeah, we are trying to get into it. He's like, don't worry, guys. He'd, he'd spoken to, I think it was Magnus Lund or something. He was, play- he was playing out in Beeritz at the time. And I was like, guys, guys, don't worry. I'll sort us out. I'll sort us out. So we end up standing outside this club and it's rammed. And there's a group of us and he's just like swaying. And trying to persuade these French bouncers to let us in, and he's like, "Oh, come on, come on, bloody hell, bloody her. Oh, uh, look, okay, England player, England player, England player, uh, uh, Wales player, uh, academy player, academy player, academy player, uh, <laughs> uh, England player, England, play, England captain. <laughs> like it was, it was, it was. I might have spiced a little bit, but he definitely said, "England player, England player, England player." And that stuck. I can't remember the last time you didn't call him England player since knowing
1: him, Dan. I know, yeah, it just makes me—it's <laughs> Chris Robshaw, England player, isn't he? That's just in my mind. That's how it is. It's He's an England, player. England player. England player.
0: He's an England player. How was it? How was it, Collie, at the game?
1: It was good. I say, I just did uh, some corporate work beforehand. I saw a lot of the old retired. Guys on the gravy train. You know, the guys that we used to hate, like, 10 years ago. Yeah, one of them now. Um Now you've become one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, and then, so, yeah, no, I had a good time. So it was good. uh I think people were excited to watch England play. A bit of apprehension. It always is there in the Autumn International, isn't there? Sort of like, because I think because you never, you only play Australia once a year, and you never really play Oh, they've got some European-based players. You never really play them. You know, when you play Scotland, you obviously play Glasgow, Edinburgh in Europe, or Wales, you know, there's guys in the Premiership, Where you play Australia, like, and it's the one game they're targeting is playing England at Twickenham to be, to win. Um, and it's a bit of apprehension around the place. And I think that was sort of probably felt yesterday, especially going into the game. Um, but no, as I say, I, I enjoyed myself. I got to see some, as I say, Chris Robson, people like that I haven't seen in a while. And, um... I think the fans were excited to be.
0: Who 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 else was who else was those old guys, um, on the gravy train that you say, you saw? Not just England player. Who else? Come on, just drop some names. One
1: of them has been on this podcast. Fuck hell, That's not many. Um, ben Youngs. He was playing. James Haskell. Um, um, he was there, obviously. Oh, for
0: fuck's sake!
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, god. He was he was wearing, wearing like a, a t-shirt, t-shirt <laughs> and a, like, a cap. He was. He was going down your route. I think, of doing yeah. stuff. Like he was trying to be cool like you know of course mm. he was uh him steve but thompson was there which mean my route your route. well I, I first time i turned up to this corporate gig several years ago i wore like a um suit and a tie because i thought that's what he did but it turns out it's a bit more relaxed than that the next time i went i just wore like um a blazer and trousers and stuff you turned up in a leopard print shirt shorts and cat boots i think and a hat, so it was like <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, yeah real casual. They were <laughs>
0: Dot Martin's Martin. helmet.
1: <laughs> yeah. Alright. Um so I realised that you were ultra casual and everyone's like, Oh that's cool. And I think, you know, your man, Hask, went down that route, tried to be a bit edgy in that regard. Yeah, but mate, I wasn't trying to be cool, I just like no. But we also know from previous Hask's dress sense is um he loves wearing like shoes and jeans, you know what I mean? Like Wasn't there one time he was wearing... Yeah, those black suit shoes with jeans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah.
0: For such a big name in the sport, and he's got a... Are they married? He's got a wife, Chloe, who's, you know, meant to be edgy on the ground and know her fashion and shit. And for someone who's been on telly so much and all that shit, he dresses like a fucking
1: idiot. And he's got a great rig as well. I mean, each to their own,
0: but Jesus Christ... Uh, Coley, you've got better dress sense than him.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Anyway, back to the game, please. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, what would you like to know, Joe? Did you watch the game? What were your thoughts? Did you watch the game or were you appearing on the wheel at the same time? Yeah, I, could, I was finding that confusing. That's what I couldn't wear. I thought you were in COVID isolation instead. I suppose you were sat two metres away from everyone, weren't you? So that was all right. And also, while we're on the subject, how were you <laughs> oh, here we go. How were you top performer? Right. How was I top... Sorry? Sorry?
0: How was I top performer?
1: Yeah. Well, obviously, you got the most right.
0: Because I knew that uh, Andrea Bocelli's Birth of Venus was a much bigger picture than Van Gogh's Starry Night. That's the greatest single sentence I've ever heard you say.
1: And uh, you also knew that dry cleaning sign is a circle.
0: Yes, I did. And I also knew that I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream and time gone by was the first song out of those four to appear in Les Miserables. Oh.
2: Was it, did you get fed any answers?
0: Not a single one, not a single one, Tom fucking. This is appalling. This character assassination <laughs> is disgusting. And yet I get to the final question that I should know. And uh, the poor fucker. We've only, I was under pressure. There's only like twenty, thirty seconds to chat. And as if there's a character called Pedro Pony. Of course there is in Peppa Pig.
1: What do you mean? Of course there is. Well, there's not Lucy the lion, is there? Like she's gonna eat everyone. Why not? She's gonna eat everyone. Oh right, because that's the
0: most ridiculous thing. Is it not the fact that there's a the cartoon with talking pigs <laughs> and other animals? Daddy Pig. Hello, hello, Daddy Pig. Ah. Oh. That's a very good daddy pig, actually. But yeah, I got that. I got that question wrong. Luckily, the guy had no trust or faith in me and went with his own gut and won twenty odd grand. So fair play to him. Uh, but I did not do that Saturday night. Actually, Dan, that was pre-recorded, funnily enough. Okay. And I sat and watched the rugby, screaming at times at the screen. One of my biggest, ah, one of my biggest screams was when Jamie George went over the line. And Nick White knocked the ball out of his hand. <laughs> it was a scream of no, but also his face. He's like, it's slow mo's, and you just know, oh my yeah. God, what has just happened? How have I just not scored from six inches out? It was so good.
1: And he got hurt as well. Oh, okay. I take that. I take that bit back. <laughs> that like, so good it's just there, like to but... add insult to injury, he gets hurt on the back of like. Having the ball knocked out. Well, yeah, to, to give Jamie fair um,
2: credit, he did also pull off a step worthy of JPR
1: um, on his rampaging way close to the try line, and then got hit in the and head. Impressed by that, oh, Dan? Hang on, I was. Yeah, in space, forty meters of space or fifty meters space. He was, he was going for it, and his ability to step and not fall over. I mean, for a front rower, I've <laughs> I have never been at full pace, but B, the ability to be at full pace and Move. Incredible. You used to score tries, didn't you, Joe?
0: Yes, when I was about 30 kilos lighter, Dan, and playing in National 1. But now that I play professional rugby and I've struggled to move for the last 10 years, I don't score tries anymore. And yes, you have scored more tries than me for the country, and fuck off. I haven't played in years as well. So you need to put your
2: finger out, mate. Oh, God. Oh, fucking hell. If one of you had to step the other one, who would have more success? I I generally don't think
0: either. So I think we'd if we're going head on head down a five meter channel.
1: I you, just wouldn't, running step, running would you? you just, just wouldn't step, would you? You just wouldn't for the whole point of it. He, <laughs> he, if we double bluff, running yeah. at me,
0: and I'm picturing him thinking, right, how am I going to step Joe? And just the thought, I'd just be crying, I would just end up just luck giggling at each other, I think. Yeah,
1: it would be and that. By j- well, the time know. I thought which way I'm going to go, oh. <laughs> it would be like just running straight into each other.
0: Or you trip over your own foot, or one of us trips over. <laughs> yeah. and just hits with an HIA. Um, no, the last time I saw you running in open space with the ball, Dan, was a couple of years ago at Leicester. I can't remember who it was against, but it was the end of the game. And instead of kicking it out because you didn't trust the... But it was the last it, no, the it game, was, it time was, was
1: up. W- it was Worcester. It was Worcester away. Worcester. Uh, we'd literally yeah. just scored last well, penultimate play of the game. I think we were like 14-13 ahead. They kicked off and they obviously kicked it short to um, get it back. And I got it. It bobbled along the floor, I picked it up looked and the touchline was like 15 meters away I thought about kicking it and I thought oh god I don't know if I can do it <laughs> so I, I literally just turned and ran into touch and the winger was so if the winger had ran hard he'd have smoked me and kept me inbound but because he like he was confused about what was going on he's like why is this bloke running towards the touchline he didn't tackle me and the game ended it was, it was probably the highlight of my career actually it was so good it was, you know they talk about play- ah, they
0: talk about players like the really best of players having so much time on the ball <laughs> <laughs> he, he, this time stopped he had the ball and I saw him look at the touchline and then look down at his boot like I'm not sure I can make 15 metre <laughs> kick all he's got to do is kick it as hard as he can and shout it!" and the slow-mo of like no and so he just goes and runs directly into touch <laughs> I was like oh fucking one of my favourite things I've
2: ever seen were you were you at full pace as you crossed the touchline or did you slow well, up
1: it's, it's quite a like, short was the fear yeah. of being kept in I, play I sprinted hard for five metres and then sort of had to slow down because there's not a lot of sort of off the field touchline there and I thought the worst I could go really hard and go over the hoardings here that would be stupid so <laughs> yeah no I accelerated and slowed down didn't get tackled maybe. the
0: size of the smug smile on his face I don't think I've seen you happier <laughs> um, it was really, really good. Anyway, back to the game. Uh, Jamie George making that step, uh, and then getting shouldered. In I think, I think that was a fair call rather than a red card. I've seen people. I don't think
1: there was there was any intent in hitting him in the head. Was there? It was kind uh, of like he kind of he
0: said, was just a bit cool, yeah half scared a little bit, wasn't he? He was like, oh god, there's a giant fucking ogre running towards me, and I don't really know what to do. Um, in terms of the actual other parts of the game. What about Slipper, mate? When, when they announced Slipper as going over to Tight Ed during the week, I went, oh my God. I texted you, I think I texted you, Dan, saying this could be another man shaming. Remember, circa 2012 when Tom Court of Ireland had to go over to Tight Ed and you, Dylan, and Corb's just just completely tore him to shreds. And I thought that that was going to happen again because Slipper at Tight Ed is just, Slipper at Loosehead's bad enough. You know, greatest of respect, 100 plus caps, of course, you've got to respect that and admire that. But I still wouldn't put him up there in the top five scrummaging loose heads of his era. Um, so him then having to go over to tighthead, I went, fucking hell, Genji's going to have an absolute field day. This is going to be like Sheridan 2007 all over again. And then poor old Genji went down with the vid. I was like, oh, Okay. And then Bevan Rod gets called up and you think, well, this guy's absolutely loving life. Flown into the squad to sit on the bench and then promoted to start for his debut. And then I go, actually, that's a hell of a debut for him to have to deal with, isn't it? To go up against James Slipper at tight head.
1: Thoughts, Dan? No, I agree. I thought like, thing as well, like Slipper moving across the tight head, you then kind of weak and loose it as well, because obviously Bell is second choice to slipper so you're kind of looking at that thinking Ugh. but um, yeah I thought sort of losing Genge and yourself was big but Rod did, um, Bevan did really well but again it's probably a good debut to go against you prefer to go against slipper than you would say next weekend um, with South Africa but yeah the scrum again I think England the scrum gets hyped up as in England Aust- Australia a lot but there's only really like about six scrums in the game I think there was a couple of penalties either way but I've played games where it's like, oh, I think Australia's going to be loads of scrums, and you're like you get to thirty minutes in, you are like, any chance, lads? Um, but yeah, I think the the overall game was um, the scrum didn't have much of a bearing on the outcome. Neither did the set piece. Really, I think both teams sort of lineouts were sloppy, and or they won't be happy with both production of sort of the set pieces and all that kind of stuff.
0: Do you remember in Australia, twenty sixteen? When Bob Dwyer came out, I, I'd retired again. Um, but you were out there, and Bob Dwyer tried getting into the press that you were a cheating scrummager, and he did a massive. Hang on, hey, what's going on? I'll take over for the podcast. No, no, hi, I'm Joe. No, no, I'm Joe fucking hell um, when Bob Dwyer did a whole article and character assassination of how much of a cheating scrumager you were and I'd read it and I was like like a fan from afar Don't no one attacks my Coley no one attacks my Coley in the press no so I put a tweet out saying Bob Dwyer's a wanker and uh, fucking hell like within hours the RFU jumped on it they were like uh, you need to remove this post and I'm like why and they were like, because it's defamation of character. I went, what do you mean? They were like, you've put Bob Dwyer is a wanker, and I went, yeah, because that's what I think. They said, yeah, yeah, but you've said it as if it's a fact, and I went, right, okay. So what should I put? And they went, well, if you would put, I think Bob Dwyer's a wanker, you'd been all right, because then it's an opinion, and I was like, oh, okay. But we'd prefer it if you just took it down completely rather than creating more of a storm. And I was like, "Have you, you've got as much proof that he isn't one than I have that he is one. And they were like, what are you on about? And I went, you know what I'm on about. He's a 60-plus-year-old male, and you're telling me he hasn't masturbated once in his entire life? They're like, we're not... <laughs> we're not going down this route, Joe. Can you just remove the tweet? And I went, yes, of course, but please know this. I am supporting my friend from afar. And just because I removed the tweet doesn't mean that I'm not supporting
1: him anymore. They're like, okay, Joe. Yeah, Eddie loved that as well. I say, he was, it was, it was, it was predi- <laughs> Even though I'm pretty sure he's good mates with yeah. Bob Dwyer. He it. He's like, Bob Dwyer's going to come out and say this, 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 this. And like, you know, we'll manage it. And then you just jumped in there with the riposte. And uh, yeah. It was brilliant.
0: Um what else was
1: going on? Tom, you've
0: got some notes, haven't you, that you wanted to talk about?
1: Yeah, my my notes start off with the
2: headphones that Eddie Jones is wearing, <laughs> which made hell. him look like a Qantas pilot <laughs> from the sixties. They are actually <laughs> they are part of the new
0: I'll give you some inside Ooh. um exclusive uh on the England rugby headsets. They are... His headset is a new one, part of a new batch. Usually they have earpieces, like the whole management team, to which they're meant to communicate messages from the top to the bottom, just so everyone's on the same page. And it's usually communicated with...
2: Fuck!
1: <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> Fuck! <laughs>
2: so
0: you often see a lot of the staff like you try to have a conversation with them down on the bench or something, and they'll flick their earpiece out like oh my god ah yeah. they don't <laughs> actually have one need the earpiece they at the just hear him <laughs> <laughs> well you joke dan during uh the lockdown times or the times where we didn't have any crowds he actually did do that. Oh
1: my god! <laughs> he was just Sorry. shouting hello? from there, and you could hear. Are you friendly hello? or fur? <laughs> Are you friend friendly?
0: Or friendly, <laughs> I think. I never heard of a fur. All right.
1: <laughs> All right
2: <say> hello. <laughs> hello. We're having a great time. We're having a great
1: time, aren't we? Right. Good news. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can you? um yeah, Go back oh, upstairs. Look at him
0: <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> ah, It's the panic. <laughs> It's like oh god! It's like the bloke who walk, doing the news with his <laughs> kid walking in.
1: He doesn't know what to do. He's like, right, boys. So, <laughs> fancy going back upstairs or <laughs> seeing mummy? No, you just want to stay here. All right, right. You take a book. Get out
0: right boys, can you um <laughs> Imagine he was your dad and he just goes even if he raises his voice slightly, you're like, Fuck
2: Yeah. Tell me more about the headphones.
0: Oh yeah, during during that was it during the lockdown he actually did use his headphones they didn't work so he just decided to shout it and everyone could hear, so it was wonderful. Um but Red Bull have come on as sponsors and they've done it
2: decided to do an upgrade and this one, it's just one side as well, isn't it? Well, that's what confused me because he's got this one massive side and then a sort of a clip to hold the whole thing on. So I looked first of all at the massive side and thought, oh, maybe the, the previous headphones um, allowed too much noise from the crowd in so that ha- you want to have a bigger headphone. But then I realised that he's only got one ear. So it was sort of self-defeating because the other ear is only going to hear the crowd.
0: Yeah, but you know he's deaf in the other ear.
2: No, I didn't know that.
0: Well, there you go. Then he's like, he can't hear a thing. Can't hear an an absolute. Yeah, you should feel terrible because it was when he actually made himself deaf
1: by shouting "fuck"
0: (laughs) too loud in the (laughs) other ear.
1: (laughs) It was against a wall, and it echoed back in his ear. And uh...
0: (laughs) just to clarify, uh, if he is listening, which I know for a fact he isn't. He's not deaf in that ear. It's just... I guess it's part of the whole NFL... You're NFL lover, Dan, aren't you? All the head coaches and stuff have those big things. Yeah. To say
2: all the play calls, don't they? Yeah. They do. Cool. Thanks for elaborating <laughs> yeah. on that one. Next next on the list, Tom. Okay, next thing on my list was going to be... Who actually was playing 10? Ah,
1: because... Yeah?
2: Oh, Irano. Yes because obviously a lot of the time it was, I mean, Farrell playing 10, despite the fact that Marcus Smith was 10, and then the whole who on the wing thing didn't really seem to be manual on the wing. You could sort of see this intricate pattern that was meant to happen and take place, and occasionally it did, but other times it didn't. Fantastic observation there, Tom.
1: But I think that was um, Eddie's always sort of, or the little I know, it's like, He's trying to evolve the game and try and do things in different ways. And I think, I mean, he spoke about having a fluid backline and stuff like that. And I thought before the game, everyone's knocking Manu, oh, Manu's on the wing, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. But you kind of like, well, the reason that Ed- Eddie's been in camp for three weeks. He knows his players better than anyone. There's a reason he's done it. Probably Manu's not actually going to spend much time on the wing. And, you know, they might drop, let's say defensively, they might drop Marcus into the backfield or someone else into the backfield so he's going to avoid getting peppered, and he'll, you know, or first phase, second phase, whatever, they can bring him in, he'll carry anyway. So, I think you look at the back line, I remember there's a couple of balls went up, and I think Slade was in the backfield, and then I think Mark was in the backfield for one, then um, Quirk, when he came, was in the backfield. So, like, the whole, you know, they're rotating the thing, and I think that's probably, it'd be, one thing that you have eddy credit for is always sort of experimenting and pushing the boundaries. Now, whether it works, it they'll continue it forward, but experiment with it, try it, and, you know, you learn more from it. So do you think it worked then, Dan? And don't say, well, obviously it works. They won by 30 points. I was going to say they won the game. Um, I think it did. It didn't, it wasn't seamless, put it that way. Like, it wasn't like this England back line, obviously they, you know, running in tries, fund doing this kind of stuff. But I think you saw the, the shoots of something that could be an interesting way of taking the game. You think like moving forward, the fact that you're not just having wingers stay on the wing. You've got people rotating around. You've got a backline that moves. It could be an interesting thing. Not to say Eddie. I know you spoke about positionless players before, isn't he? Or having positionless teams like in the backline, you can probably do that. Um, I think it, yeah, it's interesting to be interesting how they go against Africa, which is probably more will be a more structured game than Australia. Is it the best way to get the best out of Marcus Smith? Joe, you know Marcus well. You've played with him. You understand what he likes. I'm still just flabbergasted by your use of "oh, there's definitely signs
0: of shoots" analogy. I've really, really enjoyed that one. I'm going to nick that. Uh, <laughs> there's definitely there's definitely signs of shoots. Uh, uh Smithy, do you get the best out of him? What do you, I, I don't know, mate. I don't know anything about attack. All I know is that he is a wonderfully gifted attacking rugby player. Uh, in fact a wonderfully gifted rugby player because he doesn't shy away from defence either. So I thought it was good, a good first hit out for him. Good to have Faz there to sort of share the workload, relieve the pressure a little bit of the occasion that I don't think he would have been bothered about anyway, but just just that extra buffer for him. And as Dan has alluded to with his shoots analogy, it is a different way. We don't see many other, or we haven't seen any other teams try and play this sort of, right, 10, 12, 13, 40, fuck knows where the numbers are, way, and see how it goes. Because Eddie has always been a big uh, believer in trying to be pioneers, you know, not standing still, always trying to reinvent the wheel. But then sometimes I'm like, hey, the wheel works just fine because it's round and it just rolls. What else do you want the wheel to do? And you go... Well, I actually want the wheel to be able to catch high balls, and you go, "Well, fucking pick Freddie Stewart at fullback then, because that works." And then it's that's not about the wheel; that's about uh, uh, that's about a, pot- a potato growing uh, shoots. I thought Marcus had a, a great outing at ten in his first big game, and hopefully, he can follow it up next week against. The current world champions. I'm not sure how I feel about calling them the current world champions, because I mean, technically they are, but it was fucking two years ago.
2: They actually played really well against Scotland, and if you saw it, or watched the highlights, they were a bit less uh, negative Springboks, and a bit more throw-it-around Springboks. Were they? <laughs> well, a little bit more. I mean, we're not <laughs> Not talking the bar bars from the 1970s. Um, are you going to be back for that game, by the way? Joe? Dan, I, I'm assuming that question... Isn't going to be aimed at you,
1: but if it is, reveal it here. No, I don't know if you Last time I played, uh, didn't get too well, so haven't invited back. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what a game to make your comeback! Not going to happen. <laughs> um,
0: all jo- uh, just all jokes aside, because I haven't done this um, yet, or I don't think I've done it a lot at all. Coley, all jokes aside, you're in the form of your fucking life. I haven't seen you play this well for a long time. And you're at the heartbeat of why fucking Leicester fucking Tigers are 8 out of 8. Christ, it pains me. Um, And I know you feel really uncomfortable taking compliments and stuff like that. So you're probably going to get weird about this. But I think you're wonderful. I think you're playing incredibly well. And I just wanted to say that. Well done, mate.
1: Thanks. I'm enjoying my rugby. I'll give you that. I say. It's it's good on Steve. So I'm uh, yeah, it's a good place to be. And winning games obviously helps like <laughs> you uh <laughs> <when> you <laughs>
0: luckily for you the awkwardness
1: yeah, has to it's stop been, uh, yeah, because it's been, your
0: kids are in there. Yeah.
1: Well I'll say, yeah. It's it, it thank you, Joe. It was nice words. But as uh, you know, I know these things uh things can change in a blink of an eye, can't they? But I'll tell you what it lasts.
0: Oh fuck it, dad! Don't just accept it. I mean, have um, Thank you, Joe. Are you, are you going to be back for that game, Joe, next weekend? You want me to play? You want me to play against South Africa, having just served ten days isolation of COVID um, against the current world champions, having not trained?
2: Okay, that what answers do you think that the answer question. To that is Tom. <laughs> <laughs> just be nice to see you playing
1: in an English shirt again, Joe.
0: Well, I fucking did ten minutes against Tonga, and that enough.
1: <laughs> Plus, are you on the wheel next week. there might be um, this earlier kick-off in it, so you might you go straight from Twickenham to the wheel. By
2: the way, that noise we can hear in the background, Dan, is is that still it's the, the penguins? Peng- yeah, the, uh, Philip oh, it's penguin. The
1: penguins, <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: thank you. Right,
1: right. I going to stick this up here where they can't get it.
2: Were you tempted? Because I'm assuming Joe that in our when we usually do the podcast. You're not wearing makeup. If you are, it would be quite a bad job. When you had a good makeup job, did you did you find yourself looking at yourself in the dressing room mirror and thinking, I quite like this new me?
0: You want the uh, real answer, Tom? Yes. I, I now have got my own little makeup box that I sometimes uh, apply occasionally when I want a little pick-me-up. And I understand now. I understand the benefits of putting a little bit of blusher on. And I, I've got no qualms in that. Just imagine how fantastic Dan would look with a facelift. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not, I,
1: I once I like you know we do photo shoots. You have to have like sometimes they apply makeup and like you don't know what they're doing. But afterwards, like because my head's really shiny, they put on like they're constantly just put on like this stuff to matte it all out. And you're like, yeah, that actually makes <laughs> the matte that I look a lot better with a non shiny head.
0: Whilst we're talking about makeup and plugging some stuff, please any listeners get when you get a moment google or go on youtube and type in dan cole blood giving advert (laughs) or i think it was for who was it yeah it was for bloodline advert for blood oh my god it is giving blood it is i watched it again the other day and it is some of the finest work i've ever seen (laughs) you are phenomenal in it coley he's absolutely brilliant that's all i'm going to say listeners go and google dan cole Bloodline advert what was it dan it was a sort of Give Blood. Blood Giving. Yeah. Give Blood advert. Yeah. Yeah. It is fucking insane. Don't watch it now, you two. Watch it. It's so good. It, we all, Just so you know, we were watching that in camp around lunch table, and we were absolutely
1: crying. Who were your influences, Dan? Was it De Niro or yeah. Brando? Yeah. Some of the big... Clark, uh, what's his name, Clark Gable. Um, There's some big hitters there. No, I I, I like the, um, my other work I've done online is not great, but this work for the Bloodline, it actually, I'm happy with it because it it gets my, like, it's just quite plain and, like, it's good. Joe, I was going to ask if you had any other nuggets from
2: England camp, but why would you because you haven't been in it?
1: Yeah, I haven't. Have you been removed from the WhatsApp groups? (gasps) Yeah, straight away. Have you Well, I
0: took it upon myself uh, to remove myself from all uh, 17 of them uh, because that's the thing with fucking rugby union teams and clubs these days. We, send to, we tend to set up a WhatsApp group for a WhatsApp group for a WhatsApp group for another meeting. for, And I go through all my WhatsApps and I'm like, fucking hell, why is there so many groups? Just put it on one group. Um, so no, I, I left before I was pushed. Because once you're out of it, mate, no one, no one talks to you. I text, I text the boys. Good luck, boys. I'm, you know, I can't wait to watch your thing. And nothing, nothing. Bevan Rod, good luck in your debut, mate. Um, I'll let you know my address to send through half the match fee. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing back. Just, just bad. You're, once you're out, you're out.
1: In it, done. That's true. No one will ever talk to you again.
2: Dan, it's been lovely chatting to you as always. Uh, we have a more normal episode of The Joe Marlar Show out on Wednesday. Joe, all about farming with the charming Matt from Wales. We enjoyed that one very much, didn't we? Mm. We did. <laughs> Razzie Co will be back at the end of November to round up all the action and a lot of the stuff that wasn't to do with rugby from the Autumn Internationals. Um, So that'll be more Dan for everyone, which is only a good thing. Well, yeah, because it's absolutely... Well, it's not
0: mind-boggling, because that's the thing, but your popularity on this show, Dan, is through the fucking roof. And when I got the opportunity to... Just get a little bonus episode in today. I was like, I can't wait. I just love hearing from you. Both your rugby knowledge, but also from your kids heckling you and (laughs) the way you, you panic immediately when things don't really go to
1: plan. You're like, oh,
0: fuck! i do and i love it i love it a lot so thank you very much for coming back on the cola bear
1: thank you for having me on it's always a pleasure i really enjoy it and in the meantime
2: before we hear back from dan if you would like another podcast to listen to and you're into sport why not try the garrett thomas cycling club garrett is trying to build the world's biggest cycling club from scratch along the way he's chatting to people like sir chris hoy sir bradley wiggins laura kenny and more And it's all back for a new season. You can learn all the secrets from the Pro Tour and be part of the world's biggest cycling club. Just search for Geraint Thomas Cycling Club in all your usual podcast places.
0: Goodbye, goodbye my lover, goodbye my Dan. Thank you so much for coming and on. Goodbye my
1: love.
2: Crowd Network, a place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.